0: Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Andrew, a podcaster and garage sale
1: consultant. And I'm Maddie, also a podcaster, professional computer desktop organizer. And we're looking for a vacation home in the paradise of Lesbigay Falls. And our budget is $7.5 million. And you know, I don't have a lot of must-haves, but there are a couple of deal-breakers. There there has to be a separate space for my fleet of golf carts, because I really don't like charging them. So I kind of just like drive them around until they die, and then I donate them to a local children's charity.
0: And I would prefer that there be a bidet in every room. I know most people just need them in the bathroom, but I just prefer to have them everywhere, like for ambiance. Oh, and my unlucky
1: number is 34. So there can't be 34 of of, of, of really anything. Not 34 bathrooms, not 34 blenders, literally nothing. But, you know, I don't think that's a big deal.
0: You know, and not to be neurotic, but I really can't stand rooms that have even number of walls. So we'll really have to look out for that.
1: Oh, for sure. But you know, I'm confident that with our budget, we can
0: find our dream vacation home. Oh yeah, this is an easy one for our real estate team.
1: It's episode 99. Real estate is terrifying. I am the writing on the wall. Whisper
0: in the classroom I'm Marjorie Green and I
1: approve this message To save America, stop socialism, and stop China Stay alive, we honor thee from life to death to rise right, Horror real life. Doubters, the doomsters,
0: the gloomsters They are going to get it wrong Horror right. right. in the movies movie Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you gonna hide? Nowhere. Cuz there's no one like you left. What do we want? What do we want it? Yeah! Let's go! What are you waiting for, huh? What
1: are you waiting for?
0: I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes. That is better. And this is the great room, although great hardly seems to do a room like this, Justice. Weird squiggly painting not included. I actually love it. I do too, it's really beautiful. Um, all, all custom built-ins and you'll notice just, just tons of natural light, so that's great. Did I need the sale? Yes, was I worried? No, why?
1: Because, because why? Because I won't sell anything I don't believe in. And when I believe, you believe. I can sell a fur coat to an Eskimo.
0: Welcome to episode 99 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Maddie. And if this is your first time listening, where have you been? It's episode 99. But also, we are the podcast that talks all about horror, horror in real life, and horror in the movies. So come along with us on this crazy ride. It's a crazy ride. It's a fun ride, though. It is. Yeah, it's like Space Mountain, like you might get beheaded, yeah. but you know, it was in the dark and it was fun. So God, I, whatever.
1: I, I've been thinking a lot about space, actually. I've been thinking about that <laughs> more and more. I really have been. It's been while. I, I uh, Well, no, I'll save that for um. Wait, wait, it, it. Once you've been watching, bitch, I've got a little space thing to talk about there. It's a lot of fun more to come more, more to come <laughs> listen in yeah listen also listeners I, I told you I did this before we started my brain is a little delirious right now so you know what you might get some funny stuff out of me today not that you don't always but I there's some interesting things will come out of this weird little pink cloud in my skull um Andrew it's our 99th episode um yeah which yeah. means our hundredth is just around the corner and I just want to remind our listeners, Andrew, that the 100th episode is going to be very special indeed. Epic, if you will. Yeah, it's it's truly epic because I am flying uh, back to the States. Andrew is flying to Boston where we will meet. And for our 100th episode, we are going on a little spooky tour of New England. So we'll go from Boston to Salem to Fall River to Providence to Newport and back to Boston. And we're going to pop into, you know, little gay bars here and there. We're going to go to Salem for all the witchy shit. We're going to, uh, and of course, Hocus Pocus Everything. We're going to go to Fall River for the Lizzie Borden House. We're going to do some ghost tours. It's going to be an amazing, amazing trip. And we're going to record stuff and collect some content all along the way. So our 100th episode is going to be very special. And it's going to be a lot of fucking fun, if I don't say so myself. But I just did. And also, Andrew, um, this episode is going to be great as well. Because we've got some good stories to share. We have two uh, movies that fit this The two a fucking T. And um, before we get to those, Andrew, just two items today in our certified terrifying corner. Are you ready for them?
0: I am ready, and I don't think we've said what the theme is of today, and that is real estate. <laughs> oh God, that's
1: right. Yeah, we're talking about real estate. So listen, um, okay. Certified terrifying corner first, though. Andrew, we'll do the 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 we'll do the easy one first, which is this. Um, so, Oath Keepers, um, the Oath Keepers leader, I forget the dude's name right now, but he was just he doesn't a, need one <laughs> exactly right. I don't even want to speak his name uh, because due to his uh, participation and his organization of the January sixth insurrection in America he was just sentenced this week to 18 years in prison, which is, you know, that's, I, I was really glad to see that from way over here. You know, it means that people are being held accountable for what they did on that insane day in America. Um, and I hope that they get the rest of them.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important that he got a real sentence because, well, the way that um America is so easily r- like radicalized in in this day and yeah. age, I think that it's really important that there are real implications for things like this because hmm. people need to see that there are ramifications for doing you know doing that kind of because a lot of people could say like, oh what they broke into a building and broke a couple of things give them six months probation like no yeah. big deal but like then that would just give other people the um the back of the brain moment to be like, well, maybe I could do that. You know what yep, I mean? Exactly. And so I think, right. I think that this, you know, as much as maybe people are saying he's made, made an example of, yeah, maybe, but that's the example we need to kind of follow because Bingo. we, we can't really have this kind of stuff uh, boiling under the surface. And it's, it, it's just, it, this makes me feel like, like, an eighth percent less scared
1: (laughs) yeah no i get it i get it you know it's it's funny living over here my 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 non-american friends talk to me about you know how they feel about america and it's a you know a very diverse range of opinions in europe um but you know a a lot of my friends you know look at the current state of america and they say wow you guys are just not going to survive and like it's it's interesting to see that perspective from other people and um you know i think i agree with you like you know maybe this is like an eighth like an 8th of a percent less scary now which is which is good. Yeah. Now yeah. let's go to um we're going to spend maybe a, just a little bit of time on this next one because it is uh this was heartbreaking this week and it was the death of the one and only. I'm gonna, I'm I'm actually probably going to start crying. The death of the one and only Tina Turner. I'm crying right now, Andrew. I knew I would do it. Tina Turner has died and I am I was I I was actually on a date um, in Dublin and, uh, like I just like, he went to the bathroom and I like randomly looked at my phone and when he came back, I was, I I just, I was like, my jaw was open. I was like, Tina Turner's dead. And I just started crying at the table. Um, not, not good date material. Right. Um, Tina Turner was an amazing woman. She was a, a domestic abuse survivor, domestic torture survivor. Ike Turner was such a terrible rotten piece of garbage to her. And, um, just how she overcame that and how she created such amazing music and amazing art and such love for people is just astounding. Like I, I just, she, she is an amazing, an amazing human being. And we, I just, I'm lucky that, that I got to be alive at the same time as her. Do you know what I mean? Like what, what an amazing person.
0: Yeah, no, uh, we were actually sitting outside yesterday and we turned on like uh like I don't know what the channel was, but it was like Tina Turner's greatest hits or whatever. Yeah. And um as we were listening to it, you know, obviously it starts with like simply the best and like, you know, like some uh. of the big ones. But then like as you're getting further and further down, you're like, oh, I'm still singing along to this. And you kind of forget yeah. like how many hits and how many um, you know, how many songs that you remember yeah. that yeah. kind of like have left your brain over the years. Um, but it was, it was, it was fun to listen back and remember, uh, thankfully she was well into her eighties yeah, and, and lived a really long life to, you know, that she probably, uh, you know, like it, like you said, like she had such a rough time in her early adulthood that I think that, you know, she was very lucky to live that long. So yeah, you know, good for her. I had no idea she lived in Switzerland, so that's like was yeah. a whole new revelation for me. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, that, yeah, it was. It was definitely very sad. And, um, but I, I always applaud people that can come out of their situations and make it a success. Um, and I will always have a uh, soft spot for a private dancer. So. Oh God, yes,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, before I moved to well, but well, before I moved to Ireland, my sister <laughs> used to sing. And now she used to go, I'll be your Irish dancer, dancer (laughs) for whiskey. Um, It was really funny. Um, Grania, if you're listening, I'm sure you're laughing to that. Um, So yeah, that is our certified terrifying corner. Rest in peace and rise in goddamn power, Tina Turner. We will always love you. And Andrew, let's go on with the show.
0: Yeah. So today we're talking all about real estate. Um, Something that I have a close... uh, (laughs) Listen, my husband works in real estate... I've had a lot of horror stories in my own real estate that I will share on this podcast. So this was a little bit more of a personal one for me. Yeah. Um, and Maddie, I know that when we talk about renting, that's going to be yeah. a personal one for you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've, I've rented my my whole life. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny. Like, in, in America, I, I never really... When I lived there, I, I I never thought I'd be able to buy a house. And now that I live somewhere else and I have a very different life and a different job, I, I'm I'm starting to think about you know the future and buying a house in in Ireland. And uh, you know I can tell you the the housing market here is just absolutely <laughs> insane, Andrew. It's insane. Oh and, yeah, and tra- trying. I mean, the, the just number one, like there there's not a lot of housing density in 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 Dublin. And there's, there's, there's a lot of very strange laws here that that, that are basically zoning laws about how high you can build a, a building. Right. And so like you, you, the, the skyline of Dublin is quite low. Um, and because of that, you know, there's more and more people that move here, more and more people working, whatever, there's just nowhere for people to, to, to buy. And so you see these listings for, you know, for places that are for sale, you know, like the, 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 the equivalent of condos. And the prices for them would would blow you off the fucking face of the earth. Like they're they're insane for shitty places. It's absolutely crazy.
0: It's it's insane when you. So obviously I live in Chicago. You lived in Chicago for a very long time. When you start to look at housing prices here, and keep in mind, I do own a condo here, but it yes, is a yeah. very—I uh, mean, it's a thousand square feet. It's not right, anything sure. extravagant. Like it's a two-bedroom, one-bath, like, yeah, uh, converted convent for God's sakes. But um, like, when you look at the cost of housing in literally anywhere of the main neighborhoods, so Wicker Park, uh, Lincoln Park lakeview downtown even south loop like the 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 price for an average like let's say two bedroom two bath i think that you're not even gonna start to like crack into that market until you're over the $300,000 mark. Oh, sure. Yeah. And and that's for two bedroom, two bath. Like that's not a lot of space. Um, yeah. And you're probably going to have to deal with either no parking or deal with radiator heating or like it's not it's not extravagant. Like and and, yeah. and that's what's crazy is like when I think about that and I think about what my mortgage is and I think about what a mortgage could be. I'm just like, how do people live here? Like how, like how yeah. do you do that? And then also go on vacation, and also go out to eat, and also go to bars, and also, I, I just don't get it. Like it doesn't yep, add up in my in my computer brain. But
1: yeah, the 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 I just looked it up. The average cost of of that, that like basically the, the the same house in Dublin is four hundred and ninety eight thousand euro.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Just well, let's talk intense. about it a little bit now that we're talking about like kind of average cost so I yeah. looked back and I, I split our birth year so in 1983 okay, okay sure um, in 1983 the average cost of a three bedroom house was 75300 okay now keep in mind that's across the entire United States so counting um, you know more rural places and cities sure Um. so now the median Uh. so so today in today's costs that would be about 227000 Yeah. for sure. three A three bedroom, but the average of like an actual three bedroom is about uh 91 to 646 thousand dollars. So keep that in mind. We've had uh, and so in 1983, 75 thousand, which is now, nowadays 227, but the average cost can be up to. $646,000 for a a moderate three-bedroom house. So let's think about this. Uh, The American dream, if you will, is a husband, a wife, or partner, and two kids, 2.5 kids, and maybe a dog or a cat. Um, And so you would need at least a three-bedroom if you're not going to have kids share a room, which... I'll be honest, I shared a room with my brother for a very long time. And so that's yeah. not always the case. Uh we had bunk beds for a majority of our childhood until yeah. our parents got divorced. So <laughs> we
1: did, we did too. My 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 brother and I also did. Um for I mean, really until he went to college, we shared a room now that I think about it, which which is crazy looking back at it.
0: Yeah, and um just a little bit about 1983, because I thought that this was a really interesting, because it's kind of a landmark year for um, the country and real estate, which I didn't even realize it kind of just happened in 1983. So the median home price jumped about 10% in 1983. Oh, wow. Uh, which is kind of huge. Um, it was really because the country was emerging from a recession. Yeah, Amid the right, Cold right. War tensions, Soviet fighter jets shot down, uh, down Korean Airlines Flight 007 killing all 269 passengers aboard. Just three weeks later, a Soviet military officer was credited with saving the world after ignoring oh, indications right, yeah. of, of an inbound missile attack from the United States. Um, it turned out to be a false alarm, and the officer prevented uh, a potential nuclear war by choosing not to act. Um, and also in 1983, we watched Sally Ride become the first American woman in space. I love Sally Ride. So a kind of a landmark year for America in, yeah. in 1983. And really what, what we see with government um, and, and kind of the, uh, what's happening in the U.S. is when government is doing well real estate tends to do really well Uh and when government is not succeeding in either or bashing heads or not agreeing on things and it's a time of turmoil real estate tends to shoot down um and so it's just something to think about like a lot of people are like keep keep government out of my life um but it yeah, no matter what you do, if you live in the U.S., and I, I'm assuming this happens everywhere. I only have a U.S. experience to talk yeah. about. But the government is going to be in your life no matter what, um, even if you don't think so. And I think that that's an important thing to realize is that you do need to pay attention to what's going on and, and have a little say in what's going on, even if it's your local government, because those are going to be the places where uh you know laws and uh rules get passed in your local government that will affect your property and ho- your ability to yeah. either buy or sell real estate so i think that's some- just something to think about
1: yeah I-, I completely agree i i think that you know look it's it's i mean it's really any issue i mean we happen to be talking about this one but if you're not openly using your voice about things that that are important to you, then uh, I mean you're just counting yourself out and taking your, your your plate away from the table and that's that's just that's never a good thing to do that's that's silly.
0: Yeah okay. I want to talk a little bit about the 2006 to 2008 ish uh, lead up to the housing crisis. Oh my God I, you know have you seen the big short? I have not actually. Oh, uh, it's a little, tr- you, that's, it's a little triggering for me, and we'll go into why. And so yeah, I'll tell you I've little, you kind know, of avoided it. <laughs> Andrew,
1: you, you, you honestly should watch it. it. It's such a good movie. And people out there, if you haven't watched it and you don't know a lot about the housing crisis, I mean, obviously listen to what we're about to talk about, of course. But go watch it. It does a fantastic job of really getting you into like what happened. Oh, it's it's wild. What a story.
0: So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my personal story and then we'll talk about some like real estate horror and then we'll go into what, you know, haunted houses. Um, But uh, so let's go back. It's 2006. I'm in college. I'm 22. I'm almost graduated. And uh, uh, at the time, a really good friend comes to me and says, you know what? We should buy a house. We should buy a duplex and live in it and then also rent the other side. Um, at the time I was working at, uh, let's just, uh, say a crapple bees, If You want to put together what <laughs> that is. Bees. Um, and I was finishing, um, college. So a lot of times when you're finishing college, I also had an internship at the triangle foundation, which is now, uh, yeah, right, nice. Michigan. Um, and so my time was literally, eaten up but for no money because like yeah. i i I. this is back in the day when you didn't get paid for internships people that get paid for internships congratulations i did not <laughs> but um so i was literally making money off of tips and also paying for college so a, a little a bit of a crisis time for sure. finances so yeah, what do i do um, we get taken advantage of by a woman who comes and sits at my at, at the time friend's bar, and she's a real estate uh, uh, real estate person, yeah. and she kind of leads him into this this path of like, yeah, it'd be a really good investment for you guys to buy right now. You know, it's literally zero down, and you can you know get a house and. You know, at the time when you're thinking about it, you're like, yeah, my parents always told me that real estate was a good investment. So like, let's do it. Let's like, let's fucking do it. Sure. Um, We look for six months or so and we finally find a place um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. At the time, Grand Rapids was still kind of like a college town, still kind of up and coming. Now it's like a fucking metropolis. It's insane. Yeah, sure. uh, Back in 2006, it was still kind of growing. And um, we buy a house. Uh, We bought a six bedroom, I guess, two... So two and a half, uh, uh, one and a half bath on each side. So okay. that for what it is. Um, and we decide, you know, we're going to live in on it one side uh, and we're going to rent the other side. We bought it for $146,000, which not bad, really. I mean, when you yeah. really think about it for a huge house like that, um, keep in mind, it was built in like 1911. So yeah, sure, <laughs> pretty sure. Pretty old. Um, and when we go through this whole process, we're being led by, by this real estate agent and we, we go to close and blah, blah, blah. And she talks us into this 80-20 loan. Do you know much about how an eighty twenty loan works? It, remind me how it works again, because I, I when when I was with my ex
1: partner, he did own the the condo that that we that we, quote unquote we had, and we were on an adjustable rate mortgage. Is that the same thing?
0: So we did have adjustable rate, um, but it was only every ten years, which is actually not that bad. Interesting. Okay. Um, uh, but with our eighty twenty loan, so essentially, what an eighty twenty loan does is it makes you so you only have to qualify for eighty percent of what the loan is going to be. Huh. Okay. So it gives gives you a little bit of a break on like how much you make. Um, yeah. But then what they don't tell you is that they take the equity of your home, so you're already in a deficit to qualify you for the extra twenty percent. Mortgage. Oh God! So you essentially have an eighty percent mortgage and a twenty percent mortgage. Oh, they Jesus both have Christ. different. They both have different interest rates. They both have different uh, loan. They like different different terms. So my eighty percent loan was pretty normal. It Had a pretty yeah. normal for at the time, um, uh, percentage. So I think at the time it was like five and a half percent. So you know, kind of normal. However, what they don't tell you is that the twenty percent loan. Was a ten percent interest rate?
1: Oh my god!
0: So just keep this in mind. I was paying at the time for a hundred and forty six thousand dollar house, a mortgage about uh, um a lot, around seventeen hundred dollars a month.
1: Oh my god! Which,
0: if you think about now, we we bought our condo not too long ago for two twenty on a normal loan, and our mortgage now is. Just north of thirteen hundred, so
1: well, and and adjust that for inflation from 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 back in the day when you were paying exactly. That. I mean now now that would be like twenty five hundred for God's sake
0: so just keeping like that that is how much I got taken advantage of by these real estate agents and by these loan givers. Thankfully, I worked really, really hard, and I moved to Chicago and rented out both sides of that house and Gave a ton of money to that house, not only to keep up on um, kind of fixins and yeah. whatever, um, but also to keep up. Because what they also don't tell you on an eighty twenty loan is you cannot refinance, oh, so it's impossible to refinance. So I mean, thankfully I made it out, um, but I had that I had that house for ten years and paid so much interest that really when i went to go sell it i barely made any money off of it yeah. and when i say and when i say quote unquote made money it's not like i made money because i had paid into it for that whole 10 years it's it, it's just the crisis was really really predatory oh yeah and i could and i could probably sue somebody for it but all of the companies that i had mortgages through have all dissolved so there's nowhere there's no there's, one there's no to. one to go to Yeah. Um, so it was and, just and, it was a and, really hard time
1: yeah it's, I mean it's, it's awful it's awful what happened to you and I mean if, and if we're being honest about it you were one of the people that made it out even sort of okay at, in the, at, know, at the end of the day I, I mean there are people who lost everything in that crisis because greedy people because America put greed first America put greed first and America God you know was that, I was just talking to somebody about this You know, this weekend, you know, I will always love being an American, but America is such a fucking mess. It's such a fucking mess. And the way that America let people be treated like garbage during that crisis is just astounding. It's it's sad. It really, really is. The way that they just, you know, like that woman with you, she goes and sits at the bar and, and spins you some fucking wacky story and you believe her because why wouldn't you believe her? Why wouldn't you like believe in like the goodness of people? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. and then it just turns out that she's just literally hoodwinking you to siphon as much money out of you as she can. Just disgusting. It really, really
0: is. And so and now we know today. uh, And another thing about like this whole thing that I kind of wanted to put to light is that you know a lot of people are like, well, why don't you just buy a house? And you're like. Well, because you not only have to qualify for the loan, but you also have to have an insane amount to put down. Exactly. And what people don't understand is if you don't have generational wealth, it takes forever to build up that money to be able to put a house, oh, yeah. put uh, put down money on a house because you're also renting. 100%. And
1: rents
0: 100%. And rents right now are so extravagant. Because there was kind yeah. of this like housing shortage, and then um, through pandemic, everyone was kind of like hunkering down oh, yeah. uh, and living in their house more than they have ever. So they 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 punched up uh, all everyone's rents. And so if you're spending so much a month in rent, how can you save anything to eventually buy? It's like well, this cyclical circle of yeah. just pain and like not understanding why you can't get ahead. And also (laughs) I,
1: I love, I I I love the people who say shit like that. Well, why don't you just buy a house? I mean, usually those people, Andrew are the ones whose parents bought them the house in the first place. Yeah. Or, or or their parents paid their down payment for them or this or that or whatever. And I got some news that was never going to be in the cards for me. Never once. And you know, for, for the, and it's like, I, I, you know, look, I'm just going to say this out loud when people's parents buy them a house and shit. And I know many people who this has happened to, right? Their parents buy them a house or they put down the down payment and then they go on social media and they, they put up a big picture of keys and they're like, oh my God, look what I did. Blah, 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 blah. And everyone's like, congratulations. Yay. And I'm like, fuck you. You didn't do anything. Like literally you did fucking nothing except you got lucky. That's what you did. And it's no sort of, like, moral victory that you, like, got your parents to buy this fucking house. Do you know? And, like, like when I look at people like you, who, like, hard work, tenacity, you got that house done, and you wanted it, and you made it happen. That's when I'm, like, okay, I'm proud of you. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't stand when people do that kind of shit. It really drives me nuts. Because it's also, like, they, like, lord it over other people, and they say shit like that. Like, oh, why don't you just buy a house? And, like, got some news. Like, me renting an apartment is not an estimation of my worth as a human being. Do, do you know what I mean? What I, it is, I a, totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. What it is a reflection of is that, just like you said, I did not come from generational wealth. And like now I've got a really good job that I'm really proud of and that I work hard at and I make good money and I deserve to make that money. But before that, I worked in nonprofits for 13 years where you don't make enough money barely to live, let alone save anything. And I, I think that's you – know, I'm glad that you mentioned it because like how, how many people out there right now that like you and I know and like our listeners know, how many people can really like comfortably save a lot of money right now? I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Like the the, the economy is crazy. No one is making that much money. And stuff is more expensive. Inflation is up. So, if you're able to save anything right now, like I mean, God, kudos to you, dude that that takes some some real diligence, but it's fucking hard. And not everyone can do that, you know,
0: yeah, and then there's also the pressure of kind of like showing up as like a a confident and successful adult like if you don't go on vacation every year are you a successful adult uh if you don't have kids are you a successful adult if you don't have a house are you a successful adult there's a lot of added pressure there like if you (laughs) if you don't have a forty
1: thousand dollar or forty thousand euro wedding are you a successful adult i mean like you know there's all these things that you just have to spend money on and the house Mm -hmm. is just you know a little part of it
0: yeah, no, it's 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 really stifling to think about. And that's why we should stop thinking about it because I'm starting to get depressed. Seriously, but. my God. Now, um, I, say, about, oh, I, I was just going to say, um, because
1: we're, we're on this a little back. I, I, I looked at the clock. We've been rambling on about this, but it's a good ramble. This is a good no, ramble. No, no. It's,
0: it, that's why I wanted to talk about this subject because I do think that it's so relatable to people. But yeah. a lot of people are really afraid to talk about their own um, troubles with this kind of thing because like, Listen, there are going to be like you said, Maddie, a lot of people on social yeah. media they're going to uh, tout their wealth at you. They every time that they do something successful, they're going to put it on social media and it's going to be a little bit of a dig to you like, "Oh man, why am I not at that point? You're okay." Yeah. Like you are yeah. okay. You Amen. just keep doing what you're doing and you know, eventually you're going to get what you want. Whether that's a new car, a new house, whatever you want, a family, you'll get there just keep going and uh yeah. you know just look at your personal finances and see where you can maybe you know cut something off that's maybe not serving you right now and maybe once you cut that off take a look maybe it's 40 bucks a month okay take now take that 40 bucks a month and put it into a savings account don't spend it yeah. somewhere else just cut it off and put it somewhere else and maybe over time you can get to you what you need whether that's a house or right whatever Just just remember
1: that you are a good person as you are and no one can take that away from you. No matter how much money you make, I hate that shit.
0: Um, All right. I'm going to talk about one horror story uh, that is talks about a ghost. And then let's go into what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You go ahead. Haunted houses. Um, So this is from um, a a person who was asked to submit some like real estate horror stories. And he says, my wife and I live on land that used to be a civil war main camp in Arkansas. Oh,
1: Oh, this is going to be haunted. It's going to be
0: haunted as fuck. You know it. Uh, we have dozens of graves in our woods. We have lots of pictures and videos of shadow people, smoky, full bodied people. We can go out into our woods at night and see hundreds of orbs, what? see campfires that aren't there, hear people talking and moving around. I've taken pictures of the orbs, and when you enlarge the pics, you can see the faces in what? every orb. <laughs> which is insane. Um, when my kids were little, uh, we saw one of their swings swinging wildly while the other one was sitting still. And so they they some uh, have toys in a bucket that hung it on a swing. The next day we went out to go see it and moved the bucket and it was empty. They found the toys in different places all over the yard. Um, some on the ground, some on tables, some inside our shed. So they left the toys out there and never touched them again. <laughs> Wow. Until they Until the toys were completely gone. Um, but this is what they said. They said, we haven't tried to interact with them. We live happily with the ghosts here. They don't mind us, and we don't mind them. Which I okay. think is pretty pretty successful when you think about a haunting. But what happens when you have a haunted house and you want to go ahead and sell it? Do you have to disclose that you it's have good, a ghost it's a good question andrew and the law
1: is a little uh ambiguous on it but there is a little uh article from jstor uh, uh jstor.org uh that i thought was was an interesting one to share and it's it's a little long so i'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing but people can go google it if they like it's called do we have to tell them the house is haunted and it's on <laughs> it's on jstor daily i mean what a title uh, and the subtitle is On the Law and methodologies of Haunting from Antiquity to Today. And so the article here says, when dealing with a reputedly haunted house, honesty is the best policy. Haunted houses generally fall under stigmatized property laws. And these laws cover homes where notorious crimes, violent murders, or suicides have occurred. The real estate law scholar George Lefko notes that since the 1960s, there has been a shift in the U.S. from caveat emptor or buyer beware to the principle that problems with a house should be disclosed to interested buyers. Hmm. Often, this takes the form of detailed forms for property condition disclosure. Uh, In other cases, realtors are simply obligated to answer any direct questions about a home's flaws. Disclosure laws vary from state to state. Hauntedness is considered a is I'm sorry is not considered a material fact in all of them, and in any case, not all states require sellers to disclose aspects that might lower a property's value. There are, however, also cases of haunted houses attracting buyers who sometimes even contribute to rumors of a house's haunted status to get a discount, or they might simply be drawn to the paranormal aura. In Hmm. California, for example, uh, they have one of the most stringent disclosure laws. It's civil code mandates that realtors tell buyers if a violent death occurred three years before a purchase offer. Uh, The California realtor Randall Bell says that stigmatized property can sell for 10 to 25% less than a non-stigmatized one. As he explained to Curbed, the the uh, the publication, uh, perception is everything with stigmatized properties, and this is why when he consults on places where there are rumors of cultic murders or satanic rites, he effectively treats them as if they're real. Hmm. The legal scholar, Daniel Werner, has referred to haunted locales as karmic-based real estate. His argument is that irrational beliefs shouldn't have legal backing, and thus that sellers shouldn't be required to disclose stigmas like murders and hauntings. That's irrational. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. His concern is that laws mandating disclosure might be seen as condoning belief in ghosts and might actually influence it. Case in point. In 1989, a man purchased a large Victorian house in Nyack, New York, before learning about local stories of Revolution-era ghosts inhabiting the place. He demanded to be released from the contract as the realtor hadn't disclosed the house's reputation for being haunted. The buyer noted that he didn't himself believe in ghosts, but was concerned about the effect on the property value. The case eventually went to trial and later on to an appeal. In 1991, in a joke-laced ruling that quoted, truly here, that quoted Ghostbusters, the the, the, the appellate court agreed with the purchaser. As the house had been possessed by poltergeists, it couldn't be said to be unoccupied. How about that? (laughs) Real estate law in the state changed briefly as a result, requiring disclosure of a house's haunted nature. Now, look, there's a lot more in that article that goes into, um, like, like ancient Greece and ancient Rome and how they had to talk about this kind of thing. Um, so it's a really great article. And and I think it's also kind of entertaining. I I really enjoyed reading it. So go read it. But I, I thought that was a great one to bring today.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting that they would consider ghosts as occupants of a right. House. Um, but yeah, I want to read the rest of that. It was really interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what though, that buyer, what a great lawyer they had. Like that no is a kidding, good lawyer seriously. digging
1: in on legal theory. How fucking cool!
0: Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to kind of get into about real estate? I mean, obviously, real estate it, it's a it's a great business. Uh, if you are a, a realtor um or if you it, it is a good investment if you do your research yeah. um but just you know i think that what was it what was the what was the name for buyer beware what was that uh caveat emptor yeah just put that in the back of your brain that like when your furnace goes out or your your water pipe explodes that's all on you now and so just yeah. an- an-
1: another reason i love renting if i'm, not, if, I'm not, if i'm gonna be honest with you
0: yeah, no, I mean, and that's something to think about. I mean, obviously, we've all dealt. You know, it, go watch that the 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 classic Money Pit, and you'll, you'll oh god, see I love all. Money Pit.
1: I love Money Pit. What a great movie! It's <laughs> all know about it, Andrew. I'll, I'll, I would say just one more thing. I know that there are people out there right now that are listening to this that are that are in financial trouble, and some of this yeah. might be some of this might be triggering today. Some of it yeah. might be making their anxiety go up or whatever. I just want to reiterate what we said earlier that you are. Whoever you are right now, you are a good person. You do good things in the world. Your financial worries will not last forever. And trust me, I am a shining example of this. Truly, truly am. So believe in yourself. Ask for help. Ask someone for help, especially if you're on the verge of losing where you live. Find help. It it, it is there for you, I promise. Um, But Just take care of yourself and don't let it get you down too much. Keep living your life as, as brightly as you can.
0: Yeah, and remember to put your energy to where it needs to be at the time. Your energy cannot be spread over everything. No. And sometimes you just need to concentrate on other things rather than um, monetary gains. At, I at heard that. Moment, so, But anyway, that, that was fun. does it that was for good. real estate is terrifying boing, as far as boing, our boing. horror in real life. We've got some fun movies coming up for you. We've yeah. got a house and House on Haunted Hill, which I think are going to be fun movies to talk about. But before we get to those, we got to do a little side segment called What You Been Watching, Bitch? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby.
1: Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. It's time for another edition of What You Been Watching, Bitch? What you been watching, you property-owning bitch? And if it is your first time with us on Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, this segment is all about what we've been watching, bitch. That could be movies, it could be television shows, sometimes it's even books that we've read or podcasts that we've listened to. So Andrew, you go right ahead and give us your first selection on what you've been watching, bitch.
0: My first one comes to you from Freevee, which you can also access through um, Amazon Prime. I'm not, oh, really okay. sure fr- I'm not really sure what I'm not really sure what Freevee is if I'm being honest, but- I've never <laughs> heard of it. Yeah. Um this is called Jury Duty. Um so here's the premise of the show, Matty. Okay. Uh this guy shows up to uh Jury Duty like you would uh in a room full of people. He's going through the whole process of filling out paperwork, blah 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 blah. Um gets selected to be on the jury. Okay. Uh, is a juror in the case da, 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 da. all the while he doesn't know that he's the only person that's not an actor what? in the entire thing so what they did is they put a huge production all around this one guy uh, and he's the only one that doesn't know that this is all staged uh, what, and it what, kind of what just the
1: fuck what the fuck
0: uh, oh my god and it goes so far as um, this This jury duty takes place in California and outside of L.A. And so um, guess who shows up? Uh, but our favorite, oh, one of our favorite horror hunks, uh, James Marsden, shows what? up as a juror. And um, the guy kind of like looks at him and he kind of like, he's like, they kind of like, he's like, I know you, you, you you're from X-Men, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of like do this whole thing. And James Marsden's there the whole time he gets chosen as an alternate. It's really funny. What? Um, and honestly, at, at first I was a little worried that this was going to be played for like making fun of this guy, like making fun of like the guy who doesn't know. Yeah. Um, but it's played very earnestly and like, they kind of put him in these situations and I don't know where they found this guy. Uh, Ronald is his name, but he is the most like kind, like, good individual <laughs> i'm just like protect ronald at all Whoa. costs but um it's really funny because they put him in all these like a, a really quirky circumstances and all all the people around him are very quirky and and funny but what a what a what an idea for a show
1: i that just is, thought it was so interesting wild. i'm surprised it's legal to be honest with you
0: Um, but if, if, if you think that that sounds interesting to you, it's really funny, it's really earnest. Um, everyone on it does a really good job of like going into their character and it's kind of just like everyday life. And I should also say they get sequestered because of James Marsden and they don't want paparazzi to interrupt the
1: the proceedings.
0: So they have to like stay in like a hotel with each other for like two weeks during this whole thing. But I don't know. I, I thought it was really funny and really, um, a really interesting idea for a show. So <laughs> Great, just okay. go
1: check it out. Cool. Uh, go and check it out. That sounds like The Shining. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, my first one is Anna Nicole Smith, <clears throat> You Don't Know Me, the Anna Nicole Smith documentary on Netflix. Um, there's so many of these documentaries about her. Uh, Jeez. I know. Uh, it's, it's so good. I love Anna Nicole Smith. I, I've just always been an Anna Nicole stan. I, I don't know fully why. It's just For some reason, I've always loved her.
0: Anna Anna and, Anna, Anna, oh, Anna 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 Nicole she's
1: so outrageous. <laughs> I I loved that show so much. Howard Howard, give me a pickle. <laughs> um she was just she was so good. Um and and like her story is just so sad. It really is. Like it's just, it's a sad life that got like kind of picked up for a minute and you know she had everything that she could ever dream of and all the stuff and then it just went downhill so fucking fast for her. And and her poor son and her daughter mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm just a, it's just a lot it's a lot of sadness and it and it's also like just a very uniquely american story her life yeah. right like po, from fucking podunk nowhere texas to like being this like she i mean at the end of her life she was worth half a billion dollars i mean mm-hmm. think about that that's how much money she was worth and like living in this beautiful estate and this net whatever bahamas all of it but also incredibly addicted to drugs and alcoholic, you know, so many addiction issues, just a lot, just a lot wrong. Um, anyways, it was it's a documentary about her life. That's basically it. Um, and I think it's really well done. Um, they they bring in like members of her family that you that you've never seen before, like like you know like the people that, that still live in the Texas town where she is from. It also like goes into a lot of stuff that I didn't know about before, like um, the way that like Anna Nicole talked about her mom. And like how a lot of that was probably just totally a lie in the end, and like she was doing that like just to get like the sobs basically, and like hmm. she told she told her mom like you know uh, you got to understand if I tell a sob story I make I make you know three times as much as if I as if I tell a happy story about my childhood, and like how awful that must have been for her family to hear you know just so I don't know anyways um, I really liked it if you've ever thought about Anna Nicole and 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 had a had a good thought about her. Um, give it a watch. I think it was really, really worth it.
0: I blame Trim Spa,
1: but that's Yep. Not... Oh my god, Trim Spa can <laughs> fuck off.
0: Uh, my next one is Dungeons and Dragons. I know there's a subhead to this movie, but I didn't have room on the worksheet to I put it in there. So. Need to watch this. I have not watched it yet, and I do want to see it. Um, so the reason I watched it is because it's already on Paramount Plus. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was literally just in the theaters like four weeks ago. The way things go to streaming now is just insane. Wild, Yeah. Um, but we watched Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Chris Pine, a lot of other people, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I'm not a huge dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons person. I did play yeah. a lot of Magic the Gathering growing Hell up. Hell yeah, though, you did. So, That's right. Um, so uh, I went into this pretty blind. And you know what? It's really fun. It's just a really fun movie. It's about this like gaggle of, of heroes that are trying to save... Uh, you know, honestly, saved uh, this one guy's daughter from Hugh Grant. So, who can't relate to that? But. <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, But no, it was just really fun and it was really funny. And I just I had a great time with it. So if if you're kind of on the fence of like, oh, I don't know, I'm not really like a fantasy person. It's kind of an every person movie because the comedy is like it's the comedy lives outside of kind of like the fantasy realm. So I thought it was really fun. Definitely would encourage people to check it out. Cool.
1: Uh, my next one is Sicario, which I watched on Mubi, M U B I, which is I've said it before, but I just I really love this new <laughs> streaming service. It's right up my alley. Um, Sicario uh, is from 2015. Um, it was directed by uh, D- uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve, um, who directed Dune and all the rest. Um, and this movie is fucking good. And I I I I can't remember if I watched it back then or not, but I don't think that I did. Um, it's got Emily Blunt, Benicio del Toro, Josh Brolin, Victor Fucking Garber, uh, just a, 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 a Daniel Kaluuya, isn't it? It's a fantastic movie, and it is the story of, um, pardon me, of an FBI agent. Uh, and this is just like the the little little blurb from Letterboxd: an idealistic FBI agent, played by Emily Blunt, uh, is enlisted by a government task force to aid in the escalating war against drugs at the border area between the U.S. and Mexico. Um, and so Emily Blunt plays this, this character, this FBI agent who like thinks that she's volunteering for this, this, like this, like really good thing with like, just to like make good things happen. Right. She very quickly learns that it is very fucked up and it is not what she thought it was at all, but it's still with the government and it's just wild. Um, the, the, the story of how it all happens is, is, is really good. I think. And Benicio del Toro is fucking awesome. In this movie it's so good and the end the end of this movie like the the, the movie is entertaining if, if you like sort of like action movies and like kind of like war movies basically um the end though is astounding because something I'm not gonna say what it is of course but something happens that I was not expecting and like my jaw just fucking dropped on the floor um so anyways I don't know it's 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 really really good it's a little long of, of course I mean it's it's uh it's you know Denise fell it's about two hours. Um, but it is very good. I highly recommend it if you have not seen it. Sicario.
0: Yeah, from the movies that you've brought us from movie, it seems like they're um, they're what they're looking for is they're like let, what are all the movies that were nominated for awards that people have forgotten about and let's Basically, put them on yeah. this streaming service. <laughs>
1: yeah, and which is great because I mean those movies are just so they're so good and it's it's wonderful to see them kind of brought back into uh, into being.
0: Yeah. All right, my next one is on HBO. You can watch it on now. It's called Max, which I'm not, still don't really understand why HBO Max had to become Max. It's it's so dumb. (laughs) but um this is somebody somewhere i've talked about it before um it's now in its second season it's bridget everett uh she's a comic that came up like through the rankings of like judd apatow and like those kind of movies and now she has her own show with um the duplass brothers which listen i don't know what it is about duplass brothers what they do or what with the humanity that they bring to the small screen that just always grabs me. And somebody somewhere is just one, another example of what they bring. Um, somebody somewhere is about a woman who originally in the first season came back to take care of her sister who was dying of can- of breast cancer. Um, and she, she has passed and now she's kind of just staying in her hometown. And I think Oklahoma is, is it's either Oklahoma or Kansas. I I can't really, it, it's a, it's a flyover state essentially. Um, and this is the second season where she's kind of settling into her life in where she, you know, in her hometown. her Her dad has gone um, kind of on like a permanent vacation where he's probably going to stay until he dies, uh, sailing with his best friend. His her mom is in a home because she's a, a horrible alcoholic, and it, it just they can't take care of her anymore. And she lives with her gay best friend who she meets in the first season. And they kind of, it's kind of just a slice of life show, but the way that they portray these characters and, 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 and kind of like the life that they live, it's so easily passed over as kind of just like, Oh, that's just like everyday life. But the way that they do it in this show is just so good. And I just want to employ, employ people to uh, implore people to, go watch the show and give it some attention so that we at least get one more season for them to be able to wrap it up. Because I, I I feel like we might not get a third season. And I really hope that uh, because this is not a show for everybody, but I I just give it a chance because it's so well acted. It's so well filmed. It's, it's just such a, it's just a sweet show. So cool. Uh, my next one
1: is on Apple TV plus, it is still a Michael J. Fox movie. Um, and it is a little documentary that's all about Michael J. Fox and his journey with Parkinson's. Um, it's, it's really good. It's really, it's really well done. Um, and it's really, it's really real. And maybe even just like a little bit gritty and, um, you know, Parkinson's, my, my mom has Parkinson's and she's had Parkinson's for the past, God, almost 15 years. I want to say now, and Parkinson's is a is a very very weird disease. We, we, they they don't know enough about it. There's no cure for it. There's there's not even really great treatments for it. If we're if we're really being honest about this, and it's it's uh, it's it has a thousand different manifestations. And you know you might you know have somebody who has tremors, and you might have somebody who never has them at all. It's just it's different for everybody. And um, you know I I I watch this, and you know I, it's uh, Parkinson's is just like a thief. It just, it just steals time from you. It really does. And people who, who have it go through just, you know, really, um, you know, really terrible pain and things that they can't explain. And it's, it's awful. It's, it really is an an awful disease. Um, and Michael J Fox is just determined to not get robbed, you know, and Mm -hmm. to keep going as hard as he can. And, um, it's really, it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's not made to be like an like a like a inspiring documentary. That's really not the point. It's just it's just a movie about how he lives now. That that's really it. Um, but it but it turns out to be that anyway. Because um, I I think that he is a really inspiring story. Somebody who is you know going through something really terrible and and staying as absolutely positive as he possibly can, which is which in itself is amazing. So I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, like Michael J. Fox was just what a, what a classic american you know story of 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 being an actor you know just he he really wanted to do it he made it happen and he became america's you know little sweetheart for 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 a long time and um i think he's an incredible person and i i just really admire him so i'd say watch this if
0: if you can and diagnose so young too that's yeah, the crazy exactly. thing about about that yeah. story um yeah i work i actually worked on a parkinson's drug that your mom was on for yeah. a while there yeah. and so just seeing the The back end of like them trying to figure out what Parkinson's is and like what you can expect with Parkinson's was so yeah. hard because they don't really know because it affects don't know. Yeah. everyone differently. It's just such a crazy disease that's so horrible. Um, all right, my next one um, is uh, the newest season of Survivor. So this is the forty fourth season of Survivor. <laughs> wow. Um, I've watched nearly every single one <laughs> because I'm a crazy person like that. But um, this season, and you know, I haven't really talked about uh, Survivor on this show uh in the last five years, but this season was really special. Okay. Um, this season was just so full. Whoever cast this season should be given an Emmy because the people that they found. Um were just so endearing. And the 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 reason I want to talk about this season specifically is because the top five, so the top five was um a Lauren, a Carson, Carolyn, Heidi, and Yam Yam. And this is representative of a Puerto Rican immigrant, uh a a, a recovering drug addict, a uh a student of NASA. A, a single woman, a single black woman raising two children and a gay uh, Puerto Rican man. Wow. So that just that top five alone is just like so representative of what America, no matter what you think America is, yeah. that is what America is, is such like a a crockpot of like different people and everyone just trying to like. And, and they were in the thing about this season of Survivor is that there was no real villain. Like at the end of the day, they were Good. all like very like nice to each other. Like even God. um, even like, you know, you don't we don't really watch this, but like at the end of the at the end of the whole series, there are three people that are kind of like up for the winner situation. And then the the jury who are people that they've had a hand in voting out, kind of interview them to see who they think deserves the million dollars. Yeah. And a lot of times what gets cameras and what gets people attention is when people start to get really like mean about it and like how could you how dare could you do this to me and blah 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 but this time around it was like you did a really good job we really like you like it was no like there was no like meanness about it yeah um and there was one standout character i mean i'm not gonna say who won but there was one standout character uh carolyn who's recovering drug addict Uh, who just celebrated 14 months sober or 14 years sober. Sorry. And she was such a character on this show. She was unabashedly herself the entire time. Some of TV gold cast her in a reality show or something now because she was so funny and so hilarious. And um, she was actually I just saw on Instagram Live. uh, She was actually just given um because uh, i don't know if you know this but sia the singer Uh (laughs) actually loves survivor and every year she she actually gives money to her favorite contestants every year and this year she gave carolyn a hundred thousand
1: dollars oh my god
0: (laughs) so that was pretty cool but if you are a fan of survivor or maybe you've like kind of fallen off the survivor bandwagon because it got a little repetitive go back and watch this season because it was TV Gold,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Very, very cool. Um, and my final one is a trip to infinity on Netflix. Um, this is a little documentary about uh, the concept of infinity. And if that sounds boring to you, trust me, it's not. It's fucking incredible. This this little documentary is so much fun to watch. It's just a bunch of scientists, mathematicians, and and um, astronomers, and you know this and that, whatever talking about like what does infinity really mean and like you know we when you get right down to it we really don't know because you can't fathom what infinity even is and in fact like if you were to add infinity plus infinity do you know what the answer is andrew
0: infinity it's
1: infinity right it just i mean it just keeps going and going and going right and so there's just like such fun things that you learn in this movie like um like i think you know I'll give you one example. So, like, people would be familiar with the concept of the the universe is infinite, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, the universe is infinite, but uh, the laws of physics dictate that particles. You know, you're made of particles. I'm made of particles. This microphone is made of particles. Everything's made of particles, right? So, the laws of physics dictate that there are only a finite number of ways that particles can be arranged, right? So, in an infinite universe, right? That means that eventually, it just keeps repeating itself over and over and over and over. The multiverse and over and over again. I mean, it just it it just never stops, and so you know that would mean then that there are you know there's a, there's an infinite number of Andrews, an infinite number of Maddies, and they're all doing something different, but they're all existing no. at the same time right now, and it just blows your fucking brain. You know what I mean? And so it's just like it's crazy. So it's, it's a documentary like that where they where they go over like all like the really fun big classroom stuff about Infinity that just sort of blows your brain. And like I just think that stuff is, is incredibly fun. So if that's fun for you too, you should go watch A Trip to Infinity on Netflix.
0: Cool. Makes my brain hurt just thinking about it. I know. Me too. <laughs> All right, well, that does it for what you've been watching, bitch. Maddie brought us Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me, on Netflix, Sicario on Mubi, still a Michael J. Fox movie on Apple TV, and A Trip to Infinity on
1: Netflix. And Andrew brought us Jury Duty on Freebie, Dungeons & Dragons on Paramount+, Somebody Somewhere on HBO, and Survivor 44 on Paramount+. So, folks, that's another edition of What You've Been Watching, Bitch. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our first film, House on Haunted Hill. I'm Vincent Price. And you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies, Uh! mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape. You can't. No. Are you ready, dear?
0: Yes. Damn you.
1: The ghosts are waiting, so won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hurry. Or you'll be late for your own funeral. I hope you're ready for the purchase of your new home. It's on a street called Haunted Hill. Andrew, tell us all about House on Haunted
0: Hill. Consult your doctor. Bring your seatbelts. Frederick Lauren has invited five strangers to, par- to a party of a lifetime. He is offering each of them $10,000 if they can stay the night in the house. But the house is no ordinary house. The house has a reputation for murder. Frederick offers each of them a gun for protection. They all arrived in a hearse and will either leave in it $10,000 richer or leave it in it dead. Directed by William Castle, written by Rob White, production company and distribution was handled handled by allied artists. Frederick is paid... Oh my god. Frederick is played by the one and only, welcome to the podcast for the very first time, Vincent Price. Uh, Annabelle is played by Carol Omart. Lance is played by Richard Long. Nora is played by Carolyn Craig. Watson is played by Alicia Cook Jr. Ruth is played by Julie Mitchum. Dr. Trent is played by Alan Marshall. Mrs. Slides by Leona Anderson. Jonas by Howard Hoffman. And the skeleton is... yes in the credits is played by skeleton um this is not rated it comes in at 75 minutes which what what they put into this movie for 75 minutes is insane yeah um it was released on February seventeenth of nineteen fifty nine. Locations filmed are Los Angeles, and the budget was about two hundred thousand dollars. Um, unfortunately, uh, box office has been lost to time and is not available. Uh, House on Haunted Hill, the original. Um, yes, we will be covering at some point the uh, the 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 Dark Castle Productions remake of the two thousands ish. Uh, but today, we're talking all about the original. Maddie, had you seen House on Haunted Hill before, and what are your first impressions?
1: Yeah, but it's it's been some time, and you know, of course, you know, I I think when people think about this, you know, about this story now, that maybe the first thing they, that they think about is is the haunting of Hill House, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's you know, it's a it's a lot of fun to see how Shirley Jackson's you know original novel has has played out in so many different ways. Um, I, I I think this movie is great, and um, you know, look, it's seventy five minutes long. Which can we can we get more movies that are seventy five minutes long, please? <laughs> like can we have shorter movies? I'm I'm it's like it's like you know, I I thought about going to the the cinema to go see that new Ari Aster movie. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Bo is afraid that fucker is four hours long. Andrew,
0: oh my god, no, it's not. No oh, no no no, it's not four hours. It's it's three oh, hours god. long.
1: I'm, 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 I'm thinking about, I'm thinking, oh, about the, I'm thinking about the new Scorsese. That that's four hours long. <laughs> But oh I mean, my god! I mean, who has three, that time? Like three hours, honestly. Like I, I like I'm, I'm <clears> old now. I will fall asleep, right? So like seventy five minutes, <laughs> yeah, or die. Seventy five minutes. Guess what? I can handle that. That is, that's a good amount of time. So, can we filmmakers listening? Can you make more films of this length? Thank you. Um, look, it's it's a it's a fun story to watch. Um, it is. It's creepy. And it's spooky and it's kooky and it's fun. And they, they also do a great job in this movie of never giving in to the wackiness of it. Right, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the stuff plays out. They treat it seriously. They they take it seriously, and it just plays. And I think that's absolutely wonderful that they do that. And um, you know, the, the 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 beginning of the movie is like one of those like 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 Halloween like soundtracks. You know, like you, yeah, you, yeah. you put it on like for your haunted yard, and there's people screaming and chains and this and that, whatever. And that just gets you ready for it. And then, the, you know, Watson's head suddenly appears on screen. And then after him, it's it's uh, Vincent Price's head. He appears on screen. And it just like it, it sets the right tone for everything. You know, The only thing that I wish is that I could see this on a big screen. You know, it was it was fun watching it at home. But like, I, I would love to see this actually in a theater on a big screen in the dark, dark. That would be a lot of fun, I think. Um, the house itself is really fucking cool, you know, like the outside of it. I forget what style that is, but I really dig that style. Um, and you know, Vincent Price—he's just in his fucking element in this movie. Like he is Vincent Price, being being Vincent Price and doing it right. And um, I I think it's it's just a gem. It's it's a gem. It's it's fun to watch. It was fun to watch again. And uh, I think it fits our, our theme today, you know, quite perfectly.
0: Yeah, I actually have it in my notes. Can you imagine this movie starting this way in 1959? Like mm-hmm. you're in a in a dark theater and all of a sudden just like a scream happens and you're like, "What is going on?" Well, <laughs> like, well I'll tell you what. let let <laughs> me
1: tell you one thing quick about that. Is uh, in, in the first run of the movie in 1959, um, in some theaters, a system of wires and pulleys were installed to fly a skeleton over the audience at a key moment in the film. I wonder which one. Mm-hmm. In his autobiography, producer and director William Castle called the apparatus an emergo. But I mean, yeah, like, imagine in 59, a fucking skeleton flies over your head. Those people were freaking out. You can guarantee it.
0: Yeah. Do you do you have much um, <clears throat> history with like William Castle? Like, how much do you really know about his pr- his productions? Not a lot. Tell me more. So William Castle was kind of known for these gimmicks. Like um, so for the Tingler, for instance, I don't know if you've ever seen the Tingler or not, but no, um, but, I, but I want to. Um, when the Tingler would show up on screens, he had pre-installed in people's seats a shocking device that would kind of like give them a little shock. Yes. Um, so he was known for like these kind of like gimmicks. Like when he uh, the original run of 13 Ghosts, you had to wear special glasses to see the ghosts in the movie. Oh, like, wow. So he was like, that was his thing. Like that's what made him because the movies that he made for all intents and purposes were like, not the best productions, but it was because he put these extra efforts into the theater experience is why people went and saw these movies. So just a little bit of background on, on, on him. I love that. While you were talking about like kind of the, the skeletons and stuff like that's what he's known for. So love it. Um, we need more of that in theaters. That would be fun. Um, I know that they've started doing like what do they call it? Like 4D experiences, like where they like spray water on you and stuff. <laughs> I love I, it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, House on Haunted Hill. Um, this is a movie that I randomly bought at a Suncoast Video oh back my God, in the Suncoast <laughs> back from the late 90s in the mall because it had like a cool cover and. I don't know. I was just very interested in like this era of horror, like kind of like the fifties, sixties. And I was like, Oh, uh, let's start here. And I bought it uh sight unseen and I watched it and I was kind of blown away. And we'll talk about some of the parts that I was blown away from in a little bit, but watching it now, it's really interesting because you can go on Amazon. You actually now have the, the, um, the privilege to either watch this in the original black and white or in color, nice. uh, which is interesting to watch. I, I, I kind of like, we did a little experiment. We watched the first half in black and white, and then we watched the second half in color. Oh, that's just a smart idea. Like, yeah, just to kind of like give it a little bit of flavor and see like how it felt different. Um, and they did a really good restoration on the color version. It's just a little crisper. It's a little more um, palatable to modern eyes when you're watching it on like a big screen. Um, but it was just fun to watch. And I think that the scares that really work, you know, that fucking. Bl- uh, blind woman that ro- like rolls in on that. Oh, it's, so, <laughs> that it's so good. It's so creepy. And then the part where um, uh, where Annabelle is, or I'm sorry, where Nora is uh, in that room and she's kind of like knocking on the wall for Lance. Oh, yeah. And they're kind of on opposite sides of the wall trying to figure out where the, if there's a hidden passage or not. And that woman, she stands up and that woman's standing right next to her. I tell you what, that gets me every oh, single yeah. time. <laughs> so. Um I also think that the scare, well, and we'll talk about how feasible this actually is, but the scare of um Annabelle being outside of Nora's window with oh, that of like rope around her neck and the rope comes in and, and goes around Nora's legs. And, it's
1: it's so well done.
0: Yeah. Whether that's really actually able to for that for two people to pull that off i'm not really sure yeah sure sure we'll talk about the feasibility and looking too hard into this movie in a little bit but overall i just think that this i think like what you said is perfect like it strikes the right tone for this kind of a movie this is the perfect movie for like halloween time where you just want to watch something spooky um of course we cannot discount vincent price being in this even though he's a horrible abuser in this movie (laughs) oh totally really think about it um uh he has either killed or made his wives disappear three times uh, annabelle is his fourth wife um it, it's funny because like in all of these movies and i have seen like uh, i've seen a handful of vincent price i've not done an exhaustive watch Same. of all vincent price movies um but he tends to play this kind of like lovable killer <laughs> these movies, yeah. which is just really interesting to think about in the '50s and '60s, and what what was going on behind closed doors, and kind of like, oh gosh, this is a is this an accurate depiction of how uh relationships were at the time? But nobody talked about it. You know what kill, I mean?
1: Kill or be killed.
0: Yeah. But there no there's just a couple of parts with him and obviously the the relationship with him and Annabelle is at the forefront of the movie. Um she's trying to take him for all of his money and he I don't know why he's married to her because he seems to hate her. <laughs> so I mean seriously. Um I do like the line though where he's like if I gave you a million dollars tax free would you just go away and she just looks at him and she goes nope. <laughs> See I mean, he's I mean, like- and he's a million bucks back then was a lot of fucking money. Well, and then he goes, "You want it all, don't you?" And she goes, "I deserve. I deserve it, it. all." <laughs> mm. And I, also, I
1: love, I love how it starts with when he's talking about how he's rented the house on Haunted Hill for. I can't do it, it's a Vincent Price voice, but I've rented the house on Haunted Hill for my wife's birthday. She's so amusing. I love that. It's so good. And and he says it like I he says it like three more times. She's yeah, so yeah. amusing.
0: Yeah. He also calls her. What does he call her? He's like. Uh, when she's when she's dead he's like oh so beautiful so greedy so cold yes yes absolutely (laughs) so Um, but she but she has like the the funny thing about this movie is that annabelle has like the retort right back at him like when he like when he's talking about like don't let the ghosts and ghouls keep you up tonight and she says right back to him darling the only ghoul in this house is you and like i don't know they they have like a good chemistry where There's not like one that's like outshining the other, in my opinion. They kind of like play off of each other quite perfectly, but they're also awful to each other, which is like another terrible to each other. So terrible to each other. When he's trying to get her to come down to the party and he grabs the back of her hair and kind of just pulls it until she like submits to him. I was like, This is domestic abuse. Like, this is not good. Definitely not good. Um, and so that makes it it's an interesting watch as like an older adult and having some lived experiences is just like, who is the real bad guy in this movie? Because like, they're kind of both bad for different reasons. And I think we're meant to like celebrate the death of Annabelle. But like, I don't know. They're kind of both awful. <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean, yeah. And, you know, like
1: no one's a really great person in the movie if, if we're getting right down to it. It's just, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it is the worst marriage maybe in the world ever. And, um, you know, look, kill or be killed, I guess in the end, because what's strange about it is that you do sort of root for Vincent price, even mm-hmm. given all of what you just said. And so that is a, a, a bit of a, a kooky thing to wrap your head around, but it's, but it's true. And I, th- I think you know, maybe part of that is just because he's Vincent price. I mean, like, I mean, listen to that voice. There's no other voice like it, and there never will be again. And there's yeah. just something about him that you just you can't help but love.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about our cast of characters. So we have Lance, who is a pilot, Ruth, who is a writer, Watson Pritchard, who is someone who had uh, spent the night in the house before and was one of the only people that lived through the night. Um, We have the psychologist, Dr. Trent, and we have Nora who kind of works for Vincent Price as I think like a secretary from what I kind of put together. Um, And so they're all, they don't know each other, uh, you know, on the surface they don't know each other you know we learn more throughout the throughout the movie um but it is funny um they all kind of play a role in this movie except for ruth Yeah, she doesn't really do much I don't know what Ruth is there for except to get dripped on every, every yeah. couple of, every couple I, of minutes.
1: I, I, I love how this bitch, too, keeps ordering scotch and sodas and just calls yeah. them scotch ands. I think that's yeah. fucking amazing. I loved it.
0: What do you think they would do nowadays if you went into a, uh, a run-of-the-mill gay bar and you're like, can I have a scotch and? They'd Give me be a scotch
1: like, and. They'd be like, uh, and, and what, what, bitch?
0: <laughs> like, duh um But no, I just thought watching this time around, I was like, "What is Ruth really here to do?" And she doesn't. I don't know. She's kind of just like, yeah.
1: Well, I um, mean, I, this- you know, I guess she's almost just there as like set dressing in the end. I mean, she she like when she's around, she is entertaining to watch. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. But I maybe you know maybe there are parts of the movie that got cut where she had more of a role.
0: Yeah, so from like really what we get is like Ruth is the non-hysterical woman and Nora is the oh, hysterical yeah. woman. There you go. So
1: so she's the foil to, to to Nora in that case.
0: Yeah. And the whole movie is really when it really comes down to it, is about gaslighting Nora into uh accidentally murdering yeah. uh vincent price like that's that's the that's the that, that's kind of like the the scope that uh annabelle and dr trent are working within um annabelle obviously fakes her own death by hanging even though vincent price says or uh, i forget maybe it isn't vincent i forget who says it but somebody says like how did she get up there like she couldn't yes. have hoisted herself <laughs> yes. up there Like they call it out in the movie, but then they kind of just like wave it away, and they're like, "Oh, whatever." Like because she hangs herself, but we we know from looking at where she's hanging in the angle, you're like, "There's no chair or anything." So how did she hang herself? Um, And then you know they they scare Nora a bunch with a bunch of different things, and um, they even go so far as to and listen, you tell me how they did this (laughs) that that two people hoisted Annabelle above. In Nora's window, and had a rope come into her w- window, go around her feet, and then untangle and go out the window. Yeah, that part I was like, "What? How does it?" I mean, it's definitely effective and it's definitely spooky, but when you think about the logistics, you're like, "That does not make sense." <laughs>
1: Willing suspension of disbelief, as always. Yeah,
0: right. And and you know what, too, it it when
1: when it's done, it it is. The scene is really effective. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's completely unbelievable, but it is very creepy. When she appears in that window, it's it's very very spooky. Yeah, um, and and just so so well lit, so well lit that scene was.
0: Um, I also love that they casually just like i'm sorry so there's a vat of acid in the basement
1: oh my god
0: that they they just casually open and close willy-nilly and stand right on the edge of even though they throw a rat in there and it dissolves in the acid like like can Um, someone just get rid of the acid today right or don't stand so close to it i
1: mean i don't i don't know how you get rid of you probably just have to neutralize it i imagine but like can someone just get rid of it okay
0: um, and I think it's so funny that, like, when they're down in that basement, because they do spend, you know, a decent amount of time in that basement, especially Nora and Lance, when they're running around that basement, they're just running over top of that, like... A vat of acid yeah. with a flimsy little like what would you call that like a drawbridge device that kind of like opens and closes it and i was like i would not be listen when i walk the streets of chicago i do not step on any of those grates that lead to nowhere so i'm definitely not going to walk yeah. over a vat of acid i don't care if it's covered or not <laughs> like um but yeah i just think that there's a couple of things that are kind of a little bit goofy when you really yeah. think about the context um and I i you know for as many times as I've seen this movie, I have not seen it in a while. And so I kind of forgot that it ends ambiguously. Uh, yeah, good point. Because, I mean, the, the the end of the movie is kind of Animal getting Annabelle and Dr. Trent getting their comeuppance by, you know, getting thrown into the, you know, Dr. Trent gets thrown into the acid. And then there's the iconic scene where um, a, a skeleton rises out of the acid and it's supposed to be, the skeleton of Vincent Price and he terrorizes Annabelle until she trips and falls into the acid. And then cool. he comes out and it shows that he has been like uh what do you call that marionetting yeah. the 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 skeleton the whole time. And then it's kind of just like everybody comes down, Vincent Price very calmly says that they're both dead now, and then uh Watson kind of just looks at the at the screen and he says the the skeleton or the there's nine bodies now because there were seven before uh and he's like and the ghosts they're coming they're coming for me and then they'll come for you and then the door closes and that's the end of the movie which i was like oh i kind of forgot that we don't really know what happens to everybody else
1: yeah it it just it does just sort of end which i mean look i guess that is that is one of the downfalls of a 75 minute movie too isn't it that you can just only do so much and that's just the end of it um but you know it, even even with that that ending it it doesn't discount the rest of the film which is just so much fun to watch
0: yeah i think what you know what would be really fun um and, an, and a kind of a cool way to do kind of like either remakes or reboots of these kind of like yeah. these series is like so when we watched dracula you remember when we watched dracula and it kind of ends the same way it just kind of like ends and you're yeah, like what right. wait what A fun way to maybe remake some of these movies or reboot some of these movies, take that ambiguous ending and then make a movie about what happened after that. Oh, that's a good idea. Like, wouldn't it be interesting if somebody kind of like made Return to House on Haunted Hill... And it's about kind of like Lance, Nora, Ruth, Watson, and, you know, Vincent Price's character, Frederick. Totally. And like what happened after that? Did they survive the night in the house or were yeah. there further kind of like ghost encounters or are the ghosts real? Because we're led to believe that maybe the ghosts aren't even real at the yes. end of the day. Honestly, so, yeah. I just think that that would be really interesting. I'm just kind of putting that into the ether. Mm, maybe I, I should write idea. it. Maybe I should write it. TM, 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 TM. TM. It's coming. It's uh, coming. We, now we have okay so brought to you by friday the 13th we have funeral parties yes. for when you're alive yes. and return to house on haunted hill coming soon <laughs> um, but yeah overall i think that if if you're looking at the surface of this movie it is just like a fun watch and yes it does for 1959 have some really good twists and turns when you know annabelle fakes her own death and then totally. you find out that dr trent is in on it i thought that that's all like for a 59 movie there was some really good writing in there. When you start to look a little bit below the surface, are there some cracks and some quivers? Of course. Like they weren't thinking about that at the time, but I just think overall, I love House on Haunted Hill.
1: Yeah, me too. Andrew, what did you rate House on Haunted Hill?
0: So here at Friday the 13th, we rate on a seven-stripe scale for the seven stripes of the gay old rainbow. I gave House on Haunted Hill a 5.5, and I said some genuine scares that are still effective today. Don't dig too deep on the motives here or who's the real bad guy, and you'll have a great time. I also gave it a a 5.5, and I said that it's a classic, good fun,
1: incredibly compelling, and Vincent Price was at home in this role. So folks, that is House on Haunted Hill Stay with us, we'll be right back with House This is a house Where no one Should live Roger Cobb Has come here alone But no one Is ever alone House, leave while you can. No, Sandy Ah! Horror has found a new home.
0: House, enter. At your own risk. Knock, knock, knock. Who's there? It's House. Maddie, tell us all about House.
1: Ding dong, you're dead. Roger Cobb is an author who has just separated from his wife. He moves into a new house and tries to work on a novel based on his experiences in the Vietnam War. Strange things start happening around him. Little things at first. But as they become more frequent, Cobb becomes aware that the House resents his presence house was directed by steve minor written by fred decker produced distributed by new world pictures composer was henry henry manfredini uh, roger was played by william Catt. Harold by George Went, Big Ben by Richard Mole, Sandy by Kay Lenz, Tanya by Mary Staven, Aunt Elizabeth by Susan French, and The Grocery Boy, because I just had to put that title in there, by <laughs> Calvert. It is rated R. It's 93 minutes long from America, released February 28th of 1986, filmed in Los Angeles for a budget of $3 million, and it made $19 million. Andrew, tell me about House.
0: Yeah, House. I had definitely seen this movie before, but it's been a while. Uh, this was one of those covers in the video store that oh, you yeah. always looked at and you were like, oh, I'm kind of nervous about renting that one because it's like a, a floating, like a mummy hand getting ready to ring a doorbell. Um, and it always like, I don't know, there were just certain movies in the video store that you were nervous about. <laughs> yeah, I, mean? I, like I, I, I feel
1: it. the same way about that cover. It's, it's like burned into your memory.
0: Yeah. And so I definitely had seen this before. Um, I think for me, I had to um, understand that this was more of a comedy than a horror movie. And once I kind of got into that mindset, I definitely enjoyed it more than the first time I watched it. Because the first time I watched it, I was expecting to, it to be a straight up like horror movie because yeah. of that cover um and it's just not it's 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 goofy it's like a very goofy movie and if you look at the people behind it so if you look at steve Miner, sean s cunningham fred decker harry manfredini those yeah. are all friday the 13th people look those yeah. are all friday the 13th people and so like what you're expecting is to kind of go into this as a straight-up horror movie and i think that once you understand what the intention of the movie is i think you can get a lot more enjoyment out of it yeah and i also think that this is one of those movies that if you saw it young enough you probably love it and if you saw it old enough you probably think it's boring like that's kind of like fair enough okay i think that i'm starting to understand what um because i know a lot of people love this movie i'm not quite in the love category but i do get enjoyment out of it the more and more times i watch it and i understand just how goofy it is (laughs) but um uh, because it definitely like has evil dead 2 vibes to it and like yeah fair enough And honestly, Evil Dead 2, for me, took a long time for me to get enjoyment out of because I just, I'm not a huge slapstick person. Like, it's not my style of comedy. And so, like, I had to gather appreciation for that kind of comedy. And so now I enjoy it more. But like when I'm going into my horror movies, I want my horror movies. Yeah, so this sure. one took me a little bit to get into. What about you? How, what's your relationship with house? Yeah. So th- this is my first time watching it actually.
1: And oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 And so the, what you just described was my experience. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know that it was supposed to be a comedy. And, and I, uh, this, this kind of thing is just not for me. Right. And so I was, I was watching the movie and, you know, when the movie opens actually, you know, you see this cast, and I was like, George Went, Richard mm-hmm. Mole, and oh my god, like what a what a crazy cast! And then you know, Henry Manfredini, and like the and the initial music that starts playing is actually really really good. So I was like, oh my god, like what what a great cast! This music is really great. How how fucking cool is this? And um, and then it just once it starts getting slappy and silly, I was like, what. Is going on, like what is going on, and like that is that is when it just kind of lost me, to be honest. And like I, I can understand why white people would be into this. Um, And like you know, look, maybe if I watch it again, like you know, just like what what happened with you, it'll change my mind a little bit on it. Um, But this this one didn't hit me right, Um, you know. But I did. There is some interesting things about it. Like you know, one of the things that I wrote down was early on was like, is this a movie about PTSD in the end? Yeah, and and like you know. I I guess maybe it kind of is in some ways, but, you know, due to its comedic nature and, and just like the slapstick quality of it, you just kind of lose, you, you lose whether or not that's actually real. I I think too, like the movie, the movie is a bit of a maze, right? Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's hard to follow along. And like, you're, you're like, wait a minute, did that really just happen? Or did this really just happen? Do they really have a kid? Like, is, is that real? Like, you don't really know like what's exactly going on and so to be fair it's just it's just kind of a confusing movie in the end too
0: well they they drop you into a portion of his life that you're supposed to completely understand but they don't give you a ton to work with on understanding what's happening
1: yeah (laughs) i i I think that that that, that's that's a really great way to put it so i mean you know look i i I don't i don't want to trash the movie i I, that, that that's not what i'm here for I just, I just think that, you know, maybe, maybe I should have, well, I don't think I have to, but if, if I had read a little bit more about like, you know, what, what, what I was in for with this, that might've colored where, how, how I felt about it. But because I didn't know really any of that, like it just, it just went over my head.
0: I, I think I knew what I was in for when the real estate agent shoots the, uh, the, yeah, harpoon, the harpoon at him, and he just goes, "Oh, oops, sorry." Right, seriously, <laughs> and like, you know, you're right. Like that, maybe that's,
1: that should have been a cue to me, um, but it it just it just didn't hit me that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I get it because I, I think I had a similar experience the first time I watched it, um, but I I think now I just think it's so stupid and, <laughs> and uh,
1: it, like it wacky. is it is stupid. I mean, and just wacky as hell, and like. It's, just, it's like one of those like, whiz-bang, bonk bong kind of movies. Yeah. And, just, like, it's just, and it's just over and over and over again.
0: However, I will say, I do think all of the creature design is really good. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. And that first time that he uh, opens the closet and you think something's in there and then it, there's nothing in there. And then he yeah. closes it and then it opens again. And it's that, I don't even know how to explain what that creature is that comes out of the closet. But that thing is terrifying. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And every, and all the creatures in this movie have like a layer of like goop on them that just like, except for Big Ben, but, um, yeah, uh, they all just look slimy, which and is gross. Just like, they they just yeah. look gross they just look like they have like a layer of snot on them like all over um but i do love the scare i want to talk about some of the scares that i did find effective i thought the the closet scare was really effective i actually thought when his wife comes over um is is his wife sandy or tanya i can't remember two women are both they're both blonde and there's
1: white wife is sandy the neighbor is is tanya
0: Okay, so when Sandy shows up to his house because the next-door neighbor has called her and been like, hey, I'm kind of worried about your husband. He's acting a little weird and da-da-da-da-da. You know, keep in mind that Roger is a famous author for one book, which
1: yeah. I thought it was right
0: That he's so well-known for just one book. Um, And I thought, it, and I'll come back to it in just a second, but I did think it was funny that um the veracity of his fan base at like the signing of the book and then his, uh, talent agent being like, we really need another book. And I was like, well, it seems like the first book is still doing pretty good. So yeah. I don't know if you need another book right now. Um, but anyway, when Sandy comes over to check on him and, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's bullets that fall on the ground. I can't remember what falls on the ground, but bullets, she goes yeah. to pick it. Yeah. She goes to pick it up and she stands back up and it's that snot monster wearing her clothes. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally
0: and then the whole proceeding like kind of fight with that monster and then you think maybe he accidentally did shoot sandy and then you're like oh my god did he? but then but then what happens is that he hides the body and then there's like a whole yeah. will they won't they situation with the police yeah it's <laughs> like what's happening it's and it's just it's just
1: the wackiness of it all. It's absolutely insane, and f- and and the fact that George Wendt is in it of all people, yeah. Like,
0: and, and not to mention all the while he's wearing the deepest V sweater we've seen oh since my God. Uh, since uh, the the uh, Chris Sarandon in Fright Night.
1: <laughs> so, so so wild.
0: The the V on his sweater is down to his belly button.
1: Like it's <laughs> it's all the way down, all the way down.
0: Um, but yeah, and then um, I don't know. I thought that the whole. It's it's really interesting because at, at the surface this is like a slapstick movie, like you said, but like when you really think about like what he's going through and that he he just it's serious it, it, it is it, and and especially for the time in 1986, um, that he just needs to write about his experiences in the Vietnam War just to like kind of like get over it, like you know to yeah. to, to, to deal with his pain of oh, like. Oh, do,
1: do you mean his book about the war called One Man's Story? Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the t- i wrote on the title i was like are you kidding me <laughs> oh my
0: god um and it, so if you look at it from that angle you're like oh we like oh is this getting serious but then it kind of i don't know it, there's a I, I think for you there was probably a frustration of like is this serious or is this not? Well, I, I think that's just it,
1: and you know, it, you know, the the movie does tip you off in some other ways too. Like, I mean, the 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 aunt was a painter, and there's all these surrealist paintings in the house
0: that kind and of so, like, show everything that's going to happen, <laughs> right? And so that that that
1: that gives you a clue into, you know, eventually I was like, well, maybe this is just like some kind of like surrealist fucking like fantasy kind of thing, and like and I, I was and I was fine to go with that um and, you know there 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 are it's funny that you mentioned evil dead because there are some evil dead looking things in there yeah too. you know like the the, the pterodactyl type things that are oh
0: yeah the one that steals he, his gun when yeah. when
1: he goes through the hole in the wall that leads to nothing i don't really know what it is it um leads but, to like, the
0: vietnam war man <laughs>
1: yeah you know, well fair enough there you go um which you know the, the, how couldn't you know that um I, d- I did think it was funny the the wife monster is what i called it mm-hmm. The wife monster was basically divine. And I thought that, that yeah. was I thought that was <laughs> kind of funny. Um oh, but, I
0: like I love the voice. It's like, You better pay oh. for your sins, Roger. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: Andrew, I honestly forgot that you did that voice because I haven't been around you in forever. Did that I forgot that you did that. That was really good. Um, and the uh the marlin on the wall that turns into a big mouth billy bass, basically. Um yeah. which is just like <laughs> Pooky, but also funny, which is essentially
0: um, the deer head and evil head, devil dead yeah. too. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Um, I, I what else did I write down here? I wrote, uh, i oh, when you're no good comes on, <laughs> Carly a Simons. couple of times. Yeah. You're no good. I just, I just wrote down what is this song doing here? Like, what <laughs> on earth? I mean, and now it makes sense in like the terms of slapstick and just like being a weird fucking comedy. But it was just so weird. At one point I wrote down, how are 34 minutes left in this movie? <laughs> um, and when he flushes the hand down the toilet, oh my God, just like ridiculous. All um, I could yeah. think of in that moment as I was like, oh, he's going to, he's going
0: to pay for that later with the plumbing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, when Richard Mall said, when he's like, they're back in Vietnam and he wants him to kill him and he says, finish me off. I laughed pretty hard there because just the, <laughs> the sexual undertones are are funny. Um, and, and I, I did write down, I said, you know, I imagine that in 1986, this felt very avant-garde it had to have. And, um, I'm sure that an audience watching it, you know, I, I, I wonder if audiences watching it, you know, almost came out of it feeling like they were at some sort of like quasi art house film. And I, I yeah people are, yeah. People are <laughs> thinking, I'm probably joking. I'm really not. Like, I, I wonder if that's how people felt about it. They were like, Oh, that was just absolutely wild. Wasn't it? Um, and you know, it, it, to a certain degree, I guess it works. It, it wasn't my cup of tea, but I can see how some, how, how it would be for somebody.
0: Yeah. I have in my notes, uh, I thought it was funny. So there's like a, there's a, there's a trope in movies that I've, I've seen yeah. over the years that I think is really funny. And it, it's a, it's a look and you'll miss it moment. yeah Um, but I hate in movies when people put a microwave dinner in the microwave, in the box, in the box. I noticed the
1: same thing, too. I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing?
0: And it happens a lot in the 80s. So I'm wondering, was there a time? Because, listen, I ate my fair share of kids cuisine in in the late 80s, and we never put the box in the microwave. So was that a thing? Listeners, tell me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't remember that either. So I don't
1: I don't know. Maybe it was, though.
0: I don't know. Um, and then I also have in my notes, I thought it was funny that um, when Roger's being dragged into the uh, closet world, uh, which is also very uh, poltergeisty. Um, oh yeah. Good point. That is yeah. H- Harold. Harold is like, I'll hold on to you. If it's the last thing oh, I do. God. And then he immediately
1: lets go. <laughs> and well, and it's, a, it's, and it's one of those, like, I'll hold on. Even the last thing I uh, do. Whomp, yeah. <laughs> <whomp."> <laughs> it's um, ridiculous.
0: I want to talk about Tanya for a second because oh God.
1: and her fucking kid <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> what, what? So how, did this,
0: how did this even happen? So, Tanya, she says to him earlier on when she's swimming in his pool (laughs) randomly, um, she says, I can tell when a man wants to work and when a man wants to play. Oh, my God. And you're like, okay, so she's coming on to him, obviously. He's like a decent enough looking guy. She's a bombshell and she wants to come on to him because she's the neighbor across the street. And then she shows up at his house. Uh, later on that night and she goes are you ready to play and you're like oh my god things are gonna get spicy and then she's like here's robert my infant child <laughs> can you watch him while watch him a day
1: yeah like what the fuck lady jesus
0: <sighs> um and robert's like the cutest little kid and those interactions between him and and robert in the in the bathtub and stuff are, yeah, they are, are really cute. endearing yeah. um but those two little gremlin monsters that oh come and god. steal robert those were terrifying yeah yeah nightmare inducing um but i just thought that whole portion i thought that that whole portion of the movie was just hilarious because you can definitely tell that that kid is way too young to understand that he's acting in a movie
1: oh yeah so like
0: all of his emotions are really true oh, because yeah. like there's a part in the bathroom where uh Roger had, I think it's just like taken the hand off of, of Robert and thrown it in the toilet. Like you said, and this kid is like legit freaked out. Oh, like yeah. you can see it in his face. He's like crying. And when he comes out of the bathroom, he's still crying. <laughs> Tanya's like, what's going on?
1: Nothing. But, um,
0: I just thought that whole portion of the movie was just so stupid.
1: <laughs> it's 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 so dumb.
0: I mean, at the end of the day,
1: it's it it's a dumb fucking movie. It's just it's so dumb.
0: Um I I thought that the the Big Ben makeup was really good yeah. the like creature at the end like when he because we're led to believe that the house kind of uses your worst fears against you like that's kind of like what it does and so like one of his worst fears is that he left his you know he left Big Ben in Vietnam yeah injured but not dead And then, you know, we come to find out, we don't know if this is necessarily true because it could be the house manifesting um, or is it really Big Ben? We don't really know. Yeah, sure. Um, But he says like, they tortured me for weeks and you're like, oh shit, because he didn't have like, uh, he didn't have the balls to like kill him off to just like give him solace basically. And then this movie with the Big Ben character definitely has a very Nightmare in Elm Street ending. And by that, I mean, he kind of looks at Big Ben and he says, I'm not scared of you anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the power back from you. And that kind of gives him the upper because he had just thrown Big Ben off of a a cliff, which appears yeah. in the kitchen. <laughs> but just, and, don't,
1: don't question it. It's just there. Yeah.
0: And Big Ben shows up with his kid and he's like, I'm going to kill your little boy. And um, he's like, I'm not scared of you anymore. And then he puts the uh, grenade in his torso and he blows up. But um, it's just like, there's like little smatterings of all these other horror movies from the eighties kind of like put into like this kind of like almost spoof movie, which is sure. (laughs) But um, because, I mean, I don't want to go all the way back to the beginning, but there is a very serious uh, scene at the very beginning of the grocery boy finding Mrs. Hooper oh, hanged yeah. in her bedroom. Like, and they show it. They straight up show her hanging in her bedroom. And you know, there is a portion in the in the in the movie where he sees the ghost or is it the house manifesting? I'm not sure. Yeah, sure. Um, of of Mrs. Hooper's aunt, and she says, It won, Roger. It tricked me. And then she hangs herself and you're like, because yeah. so there's like, it is all over the place on emotions and like how you're True. supposed to feel about this movie. So I can understand like kind of like the ping pong effect of like, what am I watching? Like, what, what is happening? I,
1: yeah, you, you, you don't know if you're supposed to take it seriously or not. You, you just yeah. don't know. And, and even like music wise, I mean, like I said earlier, it starts off with a great score. And like I was, I was, I, I, I it, it's so great that I wrote it down. I was like, oh, that's it's very great. Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, and and it's <laughs> and it sounds great. And then it just, and you're like, that's the kind of movie that I'm in for, right? You were you were waiting for that, and then it just really, you know, it, it, thro- it throws you a left very very quickly.
0: Yeah, and then one other thing that I want to talk about, just because uh, yeah. we haven't really talked about Sandy that much, but his wife Sandy, that woman has too many teeth in her mouth, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's
0: very strange. Um, she's very beautiful. But I was just like, how you your teeth are very forward. <laughs>
1: like, very, they don't very go
0: strange. You're at. Um, but I thought it was funny. So I just wrote this down because I heard it in the background. But when he's watching her, what I can only imagine is that she's on like some sort of like soap opera, like like late night soap opera type thing. Something
1: like that. Yeah.
0: And he's watching it. And. I he's he's like typing, so it's not like the the it's not in the foreground. But I'm listening to the dialogue of this soap opera, and this is what I wrote down: that she's talking with this man on the screen who I think is supposed to be like a romantic lead in the soap opera, and he goes, "I can tell when I'm." Or, no, I'm sorry. Um, what does he say? He says, "Oh shoot, I wrote it down." He says something like, "Um." I've always been a male prostitute. I can't help it. Oh and I was God. like, "What?" Yeah, you're
1: right. You're right. That that is what they said. You're absolutely right.
0: And I was like, "What is this?" And then, and then, in the next moment, next moment, she's hugging him. And so that's I'm just
1: like, that's just more for the you know the the weirdness of the movie. And at the end of the day,
0: yeah. And so it's just uh, I don't know this movie. It I think if you ever get the chance to watch it again with a different <laughs> lens, maybe watch it. Um, I know I've seen House 2, which I think has the, I think honestly has the best subline of a okay. movie I think I've ever heard. It's called House 2, The Second Story. Oh
1: my God. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's ridiculous.
0: Um, I know I've seen it, but I do not remember it at all. So I feel like I need to to rewatch that one. That's funny. Um, But overall this is what I said about house. I gave it a 4.5. I said it fun creature design and a wacky script. I have fun with house, even though I do think it suffers a little bit from pacing issues. I say that because this movie's only 90 minutes. I felt like it was an hour 45.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, fair enough. Um, so for me, I gave it a three and a half and I said, uh, I said, what, how, why, when, where? Okay. no, (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's pretty
1: accurate. I That's know, me. That's of, me. Of the experience of watching House. Yeah. So, but, so folks, uh, that is House, our final film of the episode. Stick with us. We'll be right back to close you out. <laughs>
0: All right, that about does it for episode 99. But before you turn off this podcast, we do have a fun little game to play with you, and that is called Horror Real Estate. How much does it cost? Maddie, I'm going to give you some very famous houses from horror history. Okay. Give you the location of where they are and when it's sold. Okay. And I want you to tell me what you think it's sold for. Okay, sure. All right, the first one is the Amityville house. Okay. This is located in New Jersey and it sold earlier this year in January. What do you think the Amityville house in New Jersey sold for?
1: Uh it is a big house. Um
0: I'm going to say like 5 million. It sold for $1.46 million, which was actually Oh, okay. Which was actually $240,000 less than asking. Oh, okay. Okay. So I I overshot that one. Okay. Okay, good. Well, I think with that one, there's so much history that, I don't know, would you buy the Amityville house? I don't know.
1: No, honestly, I I would not do that.
0: All right. The next one is the house that was used in the filming of The Nightmare on Elm Street. So this is Nancy Thompson's house in California. It's sold in 2022. How much do you think? That house with those famous blue shutters sold for is it's is it in L.A.? It is. That's out, outside of L.A.
1: Okay, but but close enough. um I'm for that house. I'm going. I'm, you know, what I'm going to say five million again. Five million. You're closer. It was three, nearly
0: three million dollars. Okay, sure. Okay, that, that makes sense to me. All right. Okay. This next one is actually in Rhode Island, where we're going to be okay. soon. Um, it is the house that was inspired by. Or I'm sorry this house was the the it's not the actual house from the conjuring but okay, it's the house sure. that the story is taken from okay gotcha. so this is a 14 room farmhouse with eight anchor eight acres of land wow. outside of in rhode island
1: <clears throat> uh that that's that's a lot I, i'm gonna say something like 10 million for that
0: so this is only one point two million. Oh my god really yeah, well, think about the stigma behind that house. It's yeah, one of the I mean, most famous enough. cases yeah. of uh, the Warrens, which, listen, we've said things about the Warrens before. The Warrens are you kooky know, as fuck, you know sweet Jesus God Almighty. Yeah. All right. And the last one is the Poltergeist House. Okay. So this is also in California, but more in the Bay Area, that kind of surrounding areas, but more in like the suburbs. Um, And it sold in 2015. Seven million, <laughs> way off. Only seven hundred sixty thousand dollars. Seriously, really, in the Bay Area? Well, think. Keep in mind, this is a suburb. Of the. Yeah, area. no, no, fair so. enough, fair enough. Wow, God, I really did that wrong. Jesus. Well, and and also think about that house and the style of it. Yeah, the true, style true. of it now is going to it's be way... pretty outdated. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Fair so enough. So that was horror real estate. Well, I sucked at that game, but that's
1: okay. <laughs> um, that's all right because, Andrew, that was our 99th episode. Woohoo! Yay. So, folks, before we let you go, um, some, some of the usual housekeeping. Uh, you know, if you want to support Friday the 13th, we would love you to do that you can do it in a couple of ways you can go to our website um, and you can buy merchandise if you like or you can join our patreon uh, you can do that uh, do both of those things at frygay13.com slash support
0: yeah. And keep in mind with our 100th episode coming up, if you have like a favorite moment, a favorite episode, a favorite interview we've done, like anything like that, like drop us a line at friday 13 at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to highlight that on the 100th episode because we'd, yes. we'd love to hear from you. Um, we've already heard from a couple of people and the things that the things that you people like, listen, you masochists, you
1: <laughs> seriously you fucking little weirdos.
0: Uh, before we leave you, you need to uh, look down at your phone, do a little double tap. Oh, you see you're listening in the podcast app of your choice. Uh, you know, hit the arrow backwards outside of the episode. Oh, are those star ratings you see? Oh, look at that. My oh, God. Ooh, look at those. Uh, go ahead and tap five stars. Uh, if you feel like leaving us a little words of encouragement, please do so. Uh, unfortunately, we can't accept anything other than five stars. It's just sorry. It's yeah, not, sorry.
1: Because <laughs> if if you give us less, we're going to haunt you.
0: Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. We just don't have a return policy on on four stars or below. That's how it is. Um, But yeah, that does it for episode 99. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, This has been an incredible journey going through 99 episodes of this podcast. And we cannot wait to share with you our our tour across New England. Yeah. Uh, Don't worry, we're still going to do some film reviews. We're going to watch The Vivitch and Haunting in Connecticut, uh, which I think are perfect for our New England trip. Um, So it's going to be just like a normal episode, but we're just going to be coming to you from the... From the 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 east coast, we're gonna be doing some stuff from Salem, some Fuck Providence, yeah. and it's just gonna be a really fun time. We've paid the extra money to go into the basement of Lizzie yes. Gordon's house. So just some really fun stuff for you guys to listen into. Um, and I think you'll really like it. And as of this record, we have not gone on that vacation, so hopefully everything goes great. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But that about does it. We'll just leave you with two words of encouragement, and that is to always Get Get slayed. slayed!